Chapter Eight. Nine weeks earlier, Friday, November twelfth, two thousand four, before the fall. Earl Scranton carefully sealed the black and white composition notebook within the mailing envelope. He added extra tape to make sure the contents arrived at the Cedar Falls Police Department intact. I'm going to make sure that everybody in this town knows what's been going on. Principal Peter Puck, Scoutmaster Declan Hunter, the both of them pedophiles. It's sickening. These people were in positions of power. They abused those positions. They abused my son and who knows how many others. They pass themselves off as paragons of virtue when they're anything but. You can't trust anybody anymore. They'll pay for what they've done. If I don't get them tonight at the homecoming game, at least there'll be this evidence, Stevie's journal, in the hands of the cops. They'll pay for their crimes. What they did isn't right. Earl went back to polishing and loading his guns, preparing for that night's homecoming game. His mouth worked soundlessly with repressed rage, like the mouth of an old person trying to chew with new dentures. He was muttering to himself, "I'm gonna dish out a little payback, some old-fashioned revenge to some of those snot-nosed kids who made fun of Stevie for years: Rodney Black, Stewie Truitt, Zach Porfino. They treated Stevie like a dog. Stevie's not a dog." He's a good kid. He's my kid. From now on, I'm going to make it right for him. If I can't get the job done tonight, well, then I know who can. Earl regretted that high school classmate Charlie Chandler had retired from the force. After the San Giovanni standoff with Pogo, there had been a lot of publicity about the female sharpshooter in the department, Rita Cernatish. Earl thought a woman cop who made the Olympic team would have the necessary dedication to do the right thing for his son. I'll address it to Rita since Charlie is retired. Earl thought. Stevie's composition notebook was the very one Stevie had left in the refrigerator on top of his father's six-pack of beer, hoping his father would read it on the momentous night Stevie decided to end his own life. That notebook had been retrieved from Stevie's room by the increasingly disturbed Earl Scranton. Earl didn't know if he would be successful in his quest to punish the evil doers on homecoming night. He didn't know if he'd live or die after homecoming night. He didn't much care. Earl thought, "If I fail, the cops can take over where I left off." Earl had visited the post office earlier in the week with the notebook and a Manila mailing envelope. He asked Sherry Green, who worked there, wife of funeral director Gary Green, to weigh the slim Manila envelope. Fortunately, it wasn't a big package. Since nine eleven of two thousand one, you couldn't simply drop a large package in a mailbox. You'd have to make a special trip to the post office to mail something large. But this was not a large package, although the contents would have big consequences. This was the last thing that Earl Scranton would do: make sure his boy was avenged, make sure that Stevie got justice. 
Earl mailed the package before departing for the homecoming game. Then, speaking to himself again, Earl mumbled, If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs>